Inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable? Hello. Welcome back. Inconceivable, Season 5, Episode 8. We're nearly there. I'm Scoff. I'm Monk. Took me a minute to remember that. I'm not gonna lie. There's like Is a, that what that face the, was? There's a noise going on in the background, and it distracted me so thoroughly that I had an existential crisis. <laughs> okay. Like, I was just like, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> we're just we're, we're floating here? endlessly in a sea of uh, consciousness. Oh my. Yeah, it's great fun. Um, we're here to give you amazing stories. And then answer whether or not, we'll let you answer, but we'll also give our opinions whether or not those stories are real or bullshit. Pretty much. Conceivable, inconceivable, you know. Yeah. Hey, that's the name of the show. <gasps> Whoa. Dot, dot. <laughs> Alright, so as always, you have a story for us. I do yes. diddly squat. We are, but we are close to the finale. And... This time, I'm not allowed to trick you like I did last time, so I'm going to have to come up with some pretty good stuff. You're not. I still have to get revenge on you for that. <laughs> All Are right. you scared of snakes? All right, we'll go back to that later. <laughs> go ahead. Okay. I'm not sure if the uh, revenge fits the uh, initial crime, but okay. Eh. Anyways. It's like revenge and determined at the same time. Like, you can't just punish the person. You need to make it very clear that if they, you know, do something, you will respond sevenfold with vengeance. I see. Okay. It's it's deterrent. Alright. Let's begin. Um, I have a fun story. Well, I say fun. It's like... This one is one of those that you might find hard to believe. It's interesting. Bring it. Um, so, the story today is about a man named Peter uh, Skyle or Skilberg. Skyle or Skilberg? Can't really tell. Skilberg. Skilberg. Why, though? Skilberg. Skilberg. I don't know. Sounds uh, <clears throat> awesome. I like it. 44-year-old in Sweden. I was about I to say. I think this is a new place. This sounds like a Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think we have not done Sweden yet, so right, I'm excited. So Peter is from Sweden. Got it. Yes. Um, and the article I found was written in February 2012. Relatively It new. is a Daily Mail article by Alan Hall. Thank you for this article. It helped me a lot. Um, and it's kind of interesting because even the beginning of this story is a bit of a mystery. Um, okay. It's kind of unclear what Peter was doing when the story starts. And I think, given the circumstances of this story, it makes sense why he might not even remember. Okay. So I'll get to that. But yeah, it's a little unclear what he's doing. What we do know is that Peter was driving near the town of Umea in northern Sweden. So he was driving. Driving in Sweden. Yeah. Um, He went off the main road onto forest tracks, which isn't terribly unusual if someone's you know, going for a walk, or maybe they're camping, doing a little camping. Yeah. Like, some people camp out so they can see the stars. Yeah. If they're sort of, like, amateur astronomers. Going, so off, going off road. There's, like, there are a few things he could be doing. I don't think it's all that weird. Um, but anyway, his car um, became stuck. Like, stuck fast. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, we all know <laughs> that certain weather conditions can be quite, you know, perilous, let's say. So he's just completely stuck in snow drifts, apparently. And the only problem with him having got, gone off the main road and sort of in forest tracks is that he's nowhere near somewhere where he might get found. And if he's stuck in snow, I'm going to assume that it's snowing. Or recently, that it's winter. Yeah, depending on how far he's gone, walking back to the main road to get help might be quite a venture. Yeah, and it, like, some things, there are a lot of circumstances here that could change what's happening and the outcome, right? Like, if maybe he had been really familiar with these trails and he felt confident about finding his way back, then it's more doable. True. But if, you know, this is kind of his first time doing something like this and he doesn't know the area very well and he's like, well, crap, I don't know if I'd even be able to find my way back, you know? Especially if you can't even really see the trails because of the snow. Like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. This is why I have a small shovel in my car. <laughs> Like, I, I kid you not, yeah. we're in Canada. Mm -hmm. I have a very small shovel, so if I ever get stuck somewhere, I can try to help dig myself out in mm -hmm. front of my emergency road kit. Yeah. Well, good for you, Scoff. This is one of those times when it would have helped to <laughs> have been very prepared. Um, anyway, so it's obviously winter, it's cold, and the temperatures absolutely plummet at night. Yeah. So, um, what he had with him at this point is basically he had warm clothes, a sleeping bag, some cigarettes, comic books, a small, some small food and drink items. Mostly, like, from what I gathered, it was, like, sort of snacks, really. Um, but enough to kind of keep them going for a while. Yeah. So, like, it seems as though he was somewhat prepared. He was like, oh, well, put, put these things in here just in case. Um, but unfortunately, nothing that's terribly useful in the long term. Yeah. This will help him in the short term, but if he's remaining stuck there for a while, there's nothing really useful here. Yeah. So, that's unfortunate. Um, at the time that this article was written, he was recovering in hospital from his ordeal. I will tell Spoiler you... Spoiler alert. He lives. Yeah. Well, I'm not about to tell... This inconceivable story of somebody who died by getting caught in perilous circumstances. I mean, I guess, yeah. It's pretty <laughs> conceivable at that. And then bad shit happened and somebody died. You're like, that's sad. But yeah, it's, that's pretty much what we expect. Yeah, it's pretty much what you expect. Um, there, there are no details given or questions answered. So it's kind of... And like I said, when I go into more detail, you might start to understand why even Peter might sort of be sort of hazy on what exactly was going on. Yeah. And there's no one to witness, right? So we're going basically off of his memory. Oh, that makes sense. So where we're at right now is this is where things, details start to get fuzzy for even him when he's trying to remember. So what we assume happened, or I guess what the people writing this article or who worked on his case assume happened, is there was some sort of storm or heavy snowfall. That much is clear. Yeah. Um, so he's already stuck in the car and can't get out. And he's especially not about to get out and try and walk somewhere if there's a storm or heavy snowfall. That's just going to make it worse. Yeah, at, at this point you stay in the vehicle. Yes, that's the smart thing, right? And especially if the snowfall is heavy enough that it would actually like block your vision, you know? Yeah. So Plus it'll give you protection from the wind in theory. Mm -hmm. And as long as you've got like blankets or other stuff, you, 
He does. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to stay warm enough. Exactly. So that's that's the idea, right? So his car actually ends up buried under two feet of snow. And, you know, is obviously staying stuck there now. Yeah, it's not moving now. Um, so... <clears throat> he was there a long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very ambiguous way um, to say it. How long, you ask? Well, let's get there. I, I didn't ask, actually. <laughs> Jump on the gun here. Oh my but God. now I want to take a guess before you say something. Fifteen days. Alright, that's a good guess. We'll get there. Okay. Well, <laughs> Cliffhanger. Um, so a, a passing man riding a snowmobile, this is, you know, much later, which I'll get to, um, stops and scrapes the, the windshield, right? There's snow. Yeah. He scrapes and sees movement. Mm-hmm. And again, not really clear what's happening. If he, like, had a cell phone and called for help, did he drive back and say, hey, I found a car? Um, I guess I, I don't know why, but I couldn't find details about the, that. The man did stuff and then yeah. people came. Yeah, like I couldn't find details, but essentially he gets help, right? Yeah. So, um, and obviously the police, when they find him, this is a direct quote from them. He was in a very poor state when we found him. It's a nice um, way to put it. Yeah. Like there's a Very man gentle way to say this was horrible. Starving, dehydrated, I'm assuming. Half frozen to death. They're like, oh yeah, that poor sod's not doing too well. Like... Yeah. Uh, basically, um, the state they found him in, he was wrapped in his uh, sleeping bag, obviously. Yeah. There was no heat turned on in the car. He he had used all the fuel left to survive cold nights. Yes. Right? That makes sense. So, um, yeah. He, he apparently could not speak by the time they found him. Jesus. And can't move. Yeah. So he's just, he's wrapped up in there like a little cocoon that can't move and is basically just able to get out the words snow and eat. So. um, Don't eat snow. For those of you listening. Yeah. Don't, don't eat snow. Unless you find yellow snow because well, that's lemon flavored. Knock okay, yourself out. Just, but. You're so funny. <laughs> what? Snow and eat. Those are the words he gets out. Yeah. Eventually, as they're, I guess, transporting him and he kind of regains a little bit of, you know, ability to speak and consciousness and, like, sort of clarity of mind, he's able to tell them that he hadn't eaten any food since December 19th. Do you know how long? What date did he get lost again? Um, I don't have the date he got lost. I have the date the article was written. But essentially... So since December 19th. I guessed 15 days. He was in the car without food for two months. How is he alive? <sighs> exactly. Exactly. I know you can go. Well, no, he had a little bit of food. He had a little. He had a little bit, but you said he said he hadn't eaten anything since December nineteenth. So they must have found him what February. Yeah, because the article was written February two thousand twelve. So that's two months later. Yeah. Jesus, because you can survive three days without what? It's the rule of threes, right? Yes. Three minutes without oxygen, three hours without shelter, three days without water, mm-hmm. three weeks without food. Yes. That's right. That's fucking nutty. Yeah. So, for two months, essentially, he scraped snow off the top of his car. And that's what he was eating. Really, it's like... Drinking. Drinking water. Um, Jesus. Yeah, so basically, the time this article is being written two months later in February, he was recovering in intensive care 
at um, Umea University Hospital. Um, and it's really interesting. We've talked about some survival stories on this show in the past and how it's actually when you've reached a point where you've been so malnourished for a long period of time, you actually can't aggressively give someone yeah. food and drinks or they'll just like vomit it up because their body's like, no, like, what is this? I haven't eaten at in a, a certain, long time. At a certain period, you have to go through like the IV tubes to give yes. them anything. Yeah. So basically to give you an idea of how, how strange the recovery for this is, he's basically being fed liquid proteins. Okay. Which I don't even know what those are, but yeah, liquid When you take a proteins. steak and you blend it. Gross. <laughs> I hope not. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Just, no. <laughs> here, have a steak. No, have I a don't... steak shake. <laughs> I... <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> I really hope there is no such thing as a steak shake. I hope there Please. is, because I want to be able to no. say I drank a cow. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I don't think that's what liquid proteins <laughs> means. Moving on. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but he basically was suffering from the things you would expect. Hypothermia, severe malnourishment. Um, and this is where things get even weirder. He was never registered as a missing person. And there's no explanation for this. Maybe he just didn't have any close family. So, like, I'm assuming no one close. I'm assuming he knows people, but he has yeah. no one very, very close, like, immediate family who would right away you know, say something. But what's odd is that he had to have known some people, like at least neighbors or coworkers or something. And it's just odd that someone up and vanishes and people, you know, like you, you sort of want to mind your own business and such, but yeah. you would hope that at a certain point people would say, you know, this isn't someone just like ghosting us or like quitting their job with no notice and leaving. It's something else. Right? I remember reading about something. It was like years ago. It was talking about a woman who basically passed away in her apartment and wasn't found for two years inside her apartment. What? Because her... Well, think about it. Like, where we live, we have yearly... Um, like, we... Yearly leases. Yes. Right? We gave our landlord 12 months worth of checks. If yeah. we were in a different city, or you're, like, in between jobs, right, it's entirely conceivable no one would come to check on you. So maybe they told him, maybe he told people he was going to go camping somewhere, and, maybe. you know, they knew he was going to be gone for a month or so, or he was supposed to meet up at, like, a, um, a special it's campground, close. and they didn't say anything, or, but, like, that is super odd for most people. To me, that's odd. I think you could go a week. Yeah. I think most... Or like, a couple at, weeks. At, at that point, your bosses would be like, hey, he hasn't shown up, or she hasn't shown up for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Maybe the landlord's like, yeah, they haven't paid rent. Friends and family would be like, we haven't heard from him. I, I, yeah. I say a week to two weeks. I would, I would say, as a neighbor... At the most. As a neighbor, I'd be concerned if I suddenly stopped seeing Our my neighbors. neighbor randomly out of the blue and was like... Seeing the pile of mail in front of the door, like yeah. I'd start to be concerned You'd if get, it was me. Yeah, no, I agree. You'd get anyway. a little bit like suspicious. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the plot thickens a little bit when you sort of learn about the circumstances of his time in this car. Okay. So based on 
people being able to piece stuff together based on his account and what they found, the state they found the car in, and yada yada. This is basically what was going on. So during the time when he was in the car, temperatures plunged to negative 30 degrees, yes, Celsius. That's cold. During the night in Sweden. Pretty cold. That is not shorts weather. No. Um, there were pictures from the inside of the car. The dash on the inside of the car was frozen over, like, white. Yeah. And that's what the dash looked like. It's crazy. Well, that's why they say when it's anything below minus 20, you're supposed to go out and start your car once or twice a night. Yes. Or not necessarily during the night, but once or twice a day. Just yeah. to keep everything working. Yeah. That's minus so 30. Completely frozen. Like, yeah. Like, picture the inside of a cooler, and that's what the car dash looked like. Interesting. Um, yeah. And apparently, you know, experts, quote, in in the area who kind of were referred to this case to try and figure out what exactly happened, call it literally, quote, the case of a lifetime. They just, they can't... They can't reasonably explain... No. Using, using survival, health, science... Like, they can't explain how this happened. I, I've i been thinking about this. And, like, one, I think it's feasible, because, like, I don't know what other alternative it is. But, yeah. like, I think that there's a combination of factors. Like, one, it's cold, which in theory, like, I'm not sure how the science works. Does your body expend more energy trying to keep itself warm, or if you're wrapped in the blankets... And you're not moving as much, or you're, mm-hmm. you're conserving as much energy as possible. Yeah. Depending on the weight beforehand, your body might be going through fat stores, and if it only needs to eat a little bit, eat, in quotations, mm-hmm. a little bit, like, I I still am amazed mm-hmm. anyone could last longer than a month without food. Yeah. Two months is ridiculous. Yes. But I, I do think it's possible... I think... He might have been that one in a million. Yes. You know, combination of genes and yes. circumstances that his body, you know... I agree that the only way this is conceivable in my mind is if, like you said, it's just a million circumstances perfectly aligned to give yeah. him this chance to survive, right? Um, but anyway, people are obviously still concerned about questions like how did he get there why was he there yeah um so here's where a few details emerge it's getting thicker and thicker um they find out about a history that he had of depression Ah. as well as debts so apparently um i wrote here in my notes there was a court judgment against him for debts totaling 150,000 pounds that's yeah. a nutty amount. Like, I don't know what the conversion rate for pounds is to Canadian dollars. Um, pounds, Actually, let's find this out. Yeah, I know that pounds are worth more. Because I remember when I visited London and I was like, holy shit, this... Okay. Yeah, buddy. Ember. Mila? He alright? What the hell was that? Hey Siri, what's 150,000 pounds in Canadian dollars? 
150,000 British pounds is $255,625.50. That is a ton of debt. Quarter million dollars. How? Like, wow. Yeah. So there's wow. that. Um, he's, he's apparently originally from Orebro? Orebro? I can't even read my own notes. This is sad. Um... <laughs> His neighbors said that he had broken up with girlfriends, lost contact with his father and family 20 years ago. So not just recently, like he had a fight and that's maybe why his family didn't notice his absence, but 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, we, we are fairly close with both of our families. Yes. But yeah, if you're, if you're the type of people that only see each other once a year, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. So anyway. they, They completely cut, it sounds like. Yeah, so this might explain why his disappearance was not noticed. Maybe the neighbors just assumed he packed up his life and yeah. tried to start fresh. Um, so that is that makes a bit more sense to me. Um, so obviously, some people, when they f- figure out more about him and they put these pieces together, they start to think, was he intentionally going out there? Yeah. Um, because he just couldn't take the the depression anymore and all these other things happening in his life like his debt and his yeah. lack of connections um does that like make a lot of sense though is that the like if you're okay like not to get too dark but if you're having thoughts about not wanting to live is this the best way to you know end your own life no. It doesn't seem very logical. Well, what I don't get is... I, d- I don't think he was going out there to kill himself. Because there are a lot easier ways. That's what I'm saying. Right? Like, I know he's in debt. Instead and, of... He probably If you wanted to go in the middle of the woods, you grab a gun, you could do that. Hell, if you wanted to go in the middle of the woods and just, like, cut yourself in a way so that you bleed to death... I, like, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't assume someone would gamble on the chance that they're gonna get caught in a storm and freeze to death. No, and honest to God, freezing to death is, like... Would it's not slow. be my choice of... Yeah. Of passing on. Like, right? That just sounds awful. Like, I know this is a little bit of a morbid conversation, but... Um, it's just an... It's a very interesting case, because... It seems reasonable to come to this conclusion when you talk about his circumstances, but at the same time... This doesn't make a ton of sense either. So it's very strange. I don't think that's what... It's very strange. And obviously because he went through months of being in this sort of half-conscious state, just barely surviving, he probably was not able to give them a reasonable explanation why he was out there either and can't remember. Yeah. So that to me adds an extra layer of what really happened. How did he end up out there? Um, And that's on top of the second order of business, which is how did he survive? You ready to hear a couple theories? Theorize me. Alright. So the first theory um, comes from Dr. Um, Stephen Branth, or Stephen Branth, um, Uppsala University, who says that his metabolism may have slowed down, quote, like a bear that hibernates, unquote. what I was, right? Which makes it easier to go without food. Yeah. Body doesn't need to consume as much energy to continue functioning. Mm-hmm. Uses what it has on hand. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it, it, which sounds like a pretty reasonable theory and stuff. Yeah. It has a lot of... It, it receives a lot of criticism, though. Because that makes sense when you're talking about bears and similar animals who have 
you know, generations and generations ago adapted to hibernate for long periods yeah. of time. It's a lot of people think it's not reasonable to talk about humans as if they're the same thing. I don't think it'd be reasonable for like 99.9% of humans, but yes. I think this makes sense if you say it happened and he had a weird combination of genetic traits where let's say his body could function more efficiently mm-hmm. with less calories. Combined with the temperature drop. Combined with the temperature, or it was able to consume fatty calories with Something. less waste, or you know, whatever have you. Yeah. I, I like that one. But, yeah. You know. So anyway, that's one. Um, the second theory comes from Ulf uh, Segerberg. 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 <laughs> uh, chief medical officer at Umea University Hospital. Um, who says that it's more likely that the insulation provided by the vehicle and the snow um, sort of protected him from the worst of, like, cool. the, the elements, right? Yeah. Doesn't He doesn't provide much explanation for how he didn't eat a lot. But he says that, which makes total sense, because when you're caught in a storm, you're supposed to dig a, a snow, like a little igloo or snow yeah. cave, which provides insulation. Well, it's it's the so, wind chill that, for one, depending on where you are, the wind chill will make it colder by like a solid 5 to 10 degrees. Yes. And yeah, yeah just like the Inuit up north, it, it stops and kind of conserves heat mm-hmm. energy in a small space. Yes. So yeah, if you're inside a vehicle with snow piling up, any heat mm-hmm. that is that you are emitting... Yeah. Is staying within that spot. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, he did have... He was running the heat for as long as he could with the fuel he had left. So it's very, very possible that because he was under two feet of snow in his car, that there's just this pocket of heat that just stayed warm yeah. in his car. So there's yeah. there's every chance. Slow um, That makes a fair amount of sense to me. He pointed out the warm clothes on a sleeping bag that he had as well. Um, and said, quote, it is not possible for humans to hibernate like a bear, <laughs> unquote. So he, Shots he, fired. He really was not agreeing with um, the other guy's theory. Shots um, fired. Yeah, but like I said, it's, it's very strange that he doesn't provide an explanation for how he could have gone so long without eating if the heat was conserved. He honestly probably didn't know, and instead of sticking his neck out... Yeah, instead of just coming up with something stupid, he was like, I can't provide an explanation for this, but I can provide an explanation for maybe this. Yeah. Because to me, what makes sense, as someone who's not a doctor or a scientist... Oh, sorry. What the hell are you doing? Yeah, disclaimer, neither of us are in the medical... Yeah. Um community so, by any stretch of the imagination. No, I have no even scientist, been to a doctor, doctor for years. Yeah, we know. Because you're stupid. <laughs> no, none of us are scientists, doctors, health experts, survival experts, anything like that. But to me, what makes sense is that you would have a better chance of surviving for a long period of time without your basic needs being met if you were cold. To yeah. me, I, I equate cold with like slowing down like your heart rate probably really drops dramatically yeah. your metabolism all of the goings on in your body probably really slow down to help you last for as long as you can to me that makes sense yeah uh, but i'm torn because part of me says your body would need to consume more calories to maintain its internal temperature mm-hmm. but what everything else you're saying does make sense your heart rate slows down your breathing slows down if you're not moving your body mm-hmm. needs less yeah so I'm actually not sure yeah 
Anyway, but to me, I, I think you're on the right track. To me, the first theory about the cold actually helping him survive makes more sense than the pocket of warmth because if he was, you know, in a pocket of warmth. I don't see his body slowing down nearly as much, and I feel like he would need more food. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of... It, yeah, I, this is coming from someone who's not an expert. I think, And I do think this idea, like, we have fat stores, and if all you're doing, the only calories you're burning is simply by existing, like, he's laying down, or huddled up, or under the blankets, like, he's not mm-hmm. actively doing anything. Yeah. The average person burns and has to consume, like, I think it's like 2,000 calories a day for yeah. the average... Something like uh, that. But if you're not doing anything, you could probably get that down to like four or five hundred just for yeah. heating and maintaining internal organs. Yeah. If you're not doing any physical activity. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, you know, there are scattered things that people think, like police, reporters, people who were on the scene and, or who interviewed him or whatever. Um, so one of them was exactly what we said last time, quote, as the car was snowed under, that would have made it more like an igloo, unquote. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, they, they really talk about the fact that even though he survived, his situation was really dire. And that's something to remember when we're talking about how he survived. It's really very likely that he might not have had he been found any later. Yeah, he's, right? he's the one in a million. So... For every yeah. 100,000 people that are dead, you're going to have one that survives. Yes, He's absolutely. He's just that one. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. They're, they're trying to really stress the point that, yes, it's it's crazy. It's a, it's a very unlikely story. He's basically a, like a miracle survival person. Um, but they really stress like his dire situation. Like They use the word um, emaciated. Like He can't move or speak. The police said, quote, he was at the end of his tether. It was doubtful he would have survived one or two more nights, unquote. So, you know, um, that, keeping that in mind combined with the theories, I don't know, is there one you're leaning more towards? Basically just what we said before, this idea of, like, he's he's not needing nearly as many calories to consume, Mm -hmm. coupled with the slowing down of metabolic functions because of the cold. Yeah. And maybe just a, a really good care case of genes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because some people... What are you doing? Our cat was laying there. He wasn't moving. <laughs> I wanted to make sure he was okay. He's fine. They couldn't see him breathing. <laughs> it's really hot. So, disclaimer, though. Like... It's very hot. Yeah. Where we are. Yeah. So that got me concerned. I'm not crazy. Okay. I'm glad you were concerned. Good to be concerned. Yeah. Better safe sorry. The voices say I'm perfectly sane. <laughs> okay. You're perfectly sane. Um, I don't know what I was saying. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyways, a lot of people, they they try and think of it as being a combination of those two theories. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really... <laughs> I mean, I'm open-minded. I obviously believe that this happened, and like we talked about, he's just a really rare case. But I I have no... I can't conceive of a way in my mind that he survived, even given these theories. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just ridiculous. So, I'm just gonna leave it at that. I have no clue how this happened. It's basically a miracle that he survived. Good for him. Yeah. You know. Really cool story. Yeah. Good for the guy for surviving life. Yeah. Like, I don't think I could have handled that. No. <laughs> I, I, I feel like 
and I'm going to try to avoid a darker subject here, but like, you'd hit a point where you'd be like, I'm done. Yeah. And you'd try to find, like, if That's you're fair. stuck in a car, the first, it's been like two weeks. Mm-hmm. It, like, mm-hmm. I, I think I your mentality to... can definitely affect things yeah. in this situation. In any survival situation, I think right? you need a positive outlook, because if you don't, it becomes very easy to yes. get Yes. Yes. I think people have a, a degree of control. Yeah. Like, I think when you're kind of teetering on the edge, I think you you have a degree of control of being like, uh, mentally, I'm going to keep fighting this because yes. I want to make it through. Or mentally, I'm, I'm done. I don't know if I can handle this anymore. I just want to you know, tap out. I do think it has an impact. I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is, I think that's why people find survival stories so inspiring because the odds seem so stacked against people that the only way you can conceive that they survived is just their mental toughness. Like they willed themselves to just survive. They refused. They refused. Their body was like, we're done. And the brain was like, nah, no way. You don't quit. I I tell you, you quit. (laughs) Right? So, I think that's why they're inspiring. Because people, they look up to these people. They're like, wow, you are mentally tough. I would have given up, but you didn't. Willpower is a hell of a thing. Yes, exactly. So that's why I look at this story as more of a positive one. When you when you think of that willpower aspect, right? Yeah, well, Same with the, the uh, other survival story we did this season. The one in the Sahara Desert. Yes. yes. Desert man. <laughs> this one's kind of the opposite. It I didn't even is. realize. <laughs> Thanks, Katy Perry. Um, Hot and cold? Yeah. Nice. You get me. I do. I thought I'd clarify for those people who were lost, though. You speak me. I do. I speak your language, Scuff. (laughs) Well, that was a good story. Very conceivable. I'm excited for the finale now. We got one more week to go. Before we get there. Yes. I have a very interesting story for next week, and I have some stories lined up for our finale. I just have to try and get it to the point where all three of those stories seem equally conceivable for the finale. So that's what I'm working on. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, remember, with all of our weather events currently happening, it's boiling out here, so <laughs> drink water, stay safe. And if you ever find yourself in the uh, outback of Sweden, Please be sure to pack lots of food and extra clothes and warmth. And uh, mm-hmm. maybe stay to official trails. Yeah. Just be case. safe, everyone. Until next time. This is Scoff and Wall. Signing off. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>